Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Eisner, and today we have Matt Haig. Matt is 45 years old, and he had symptoms of one degree or of another since he was very young, uh, at around age 10 to 12, which is definitely younger than most people I've, I've interviewed. Um, but symptoms were very bad around when he was first diagnosed at age 27. He was working in a high-stress corporate sales job, drinking too much, and taking lots of over-the-counter medication to soothe symptoms. He had a lot of difficulty sleeping and started having flares so bad he could barely walk to and from his car. Matt grew up in a small city of around 10,000 people in rural Minnesota in the U.S. He was raised in a religious evangelical household with his young with his four younger sisters. Both of his parents uh worked in working class jobs and were very active in church although he went to college for a couple of years in wyoming he otherwise didn't leave his hometown until he graduated from college at 25 years old he graduated with a bachelor's of business management and moved to minnesota where he worked for a number of different corporate positions becoming very disillusioned with the business world so he went back to school for paralegal he met his wife around that time and was married and had a son within two years of dating. He currently lives in Turnwater, Washington and works in the state government as a public records officer. Welcome, Matt. Oh, thank you for having me, Michael. It's really, really great to be here. Yeah, you're, well, you're so you're so welcome. Matt, Matt and I did a recovery challenge, um, I don't know, maybe four years ago with Peter Winslow and uh, that's how that's how we met and uh, Matt reached out what was it um, about a year ago or something maybe six months ago and uh, got the conversation going about the possibility of a um, of a podcast so this had to happen uh, it's great great to be back in touch with you and it's great to be able to um, uh, do this episode with you Matt Oh, likewise, Michael. Thanks. Thanks again. I mean, for me, this is this is full circle. Uh, for me, this is full circle because it's just a little over three years ago, uh, not that long after the start of the coronavirus cri crisis, and uh, you know, I was uh, going through a lot. You know, I was, I was working from home. I knew I was going to be homeschooling my son. I knew it was going to be continuing to be in lockdown, and I was suffering from a lot of. Uh, physical symptoms from AS and from Crohn's. And uh, I wanted to make the most of it. And uh, I wanted to focus on health. And I discovered your podcast. And I, uh, I started listening to your podcast and listening to all episodes. That was how I first heard about Peter Winslow. And, and honestly, the first time I had really heard after many, many years of doing you know as much research as I could on AS is the first time I had really heard about people putting AS in remission long term and people completely recovering from AS. So it was very inspiring to me uh, listening to all of the different uh, people you had on your show. And uh, that was also how I heard I immediately clicked with Peter Winslow and, and felt like um, you know I recognized um, a truth in a lot of the things he was saying and and it had me very interested so it was when i likewise started reading his books and joined the as recovery challenge with you okay cool very cool that's exciting that's exciting it's good to know that uh well it's always nice to know that the, the podcast is 
reaching folks and 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 um, helping to some extent and getting people you know taking steps in the right direction or a direction that's best for them. Um, so we're going to get into all that. Uh, you know, well, first of all, I I just want to clarify just quickly how you're feeling right now. I feel fantastic. Uh, life life is good. I mean, in, in, in so many ways. I mean, I, you know, I, obviously a big part of it is getting out of chronic pain, you know, not having flares. Uh, my, my Crohn's is completely gone. I mean, I, wow. I used to have to be so careful about what I ate every day and needed to be close to the bathroom and <laughs> things like that. Wow. And now I, you know, I, I can eat anything without being in distress. I don't feel like I wake up every day, you know, looking for the pain or digestive distress. And, wow. uh, and I'm just a lot happier in, in life in general. I mean, this process has been good for my physical health, but also really good for my mental health and really good for you know, like my relational health with, with my family. It's, it's been, a, it's been a really amazing journey. Wow. Wow. And it's been three years, three years since we did the recovery challenge. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It okay. was, uh, I think it was, I think it was September of 2020 actually. Okay. So, so right. just in three short years, you can go from that to this. So that that's incredibly inspiring. Three, to me, three years is short. That's short term in terms of getting better. Um, but we're going to get into all the details about uh, your recovery, uh, your, your getting better, your feeling better. Uh, but let's start kind of a little bit at the at the beginning. I always start with um, the question of what uh, what were you like before symptoms began? Now, of course, you were 12, 10, 12. But uh, I can remember, what was it like uh, before you were in pain? Uh, you know, what kind of person were you? Uh, I, I don't know. When I was young, I mean, I was, I, I always thought of myself as a, um, you know, fairly happy kid, you know, childhood, but, you know, I do remember fondly being very flexible and, and, you know, before I had joint pain, um, you know, and I, you know, like I said, I was raised in a religious household and I was very much, um, uh, focused on, uh, being a, a good boy and, and things like that. But, you know, I was, um, you know, just learning how to grow up and be a kid in Minnesota. But, you know, learning um, over the years of what I've really learned is, is just how much stress is correlated with these symptoms, you know, and I've gone back and done a lot of self, you know, learning about myself and reflection on, you know, how there, there was some, you know, how I did suffer for some stress, you know, when I was, when I was younger, um, you know, and, and had some feelings of feeling not good enough, you know, which is definitely uh, seems to be consistent uh, with the people I've talked with AS. But uh, definitely, definitely later on, uh, like I said, before I was diagnosed, I was really uh, always in a state of chronic stress, you know, always uh, stressed about work or stressed about um, different things and had a lot of uh, uh, social anxiousness I, I think I think it was a lot of it, and was very concerned about um, you know my performance at work and how I'd be perceived and things like that. Okay, interesting. Uh, so would you say uh, okay? So uh, just like quickly, without going deep into details um, about pain, discomfort, 
once symptoms began, what were they? How long did they last? Well, you know, for, for most, I suffered from lots of, of joint pain. Um, you know, I, I had, you know, I was eventually, found, they found sacralitis in an x-ray, but I'd have severe hip pain, you know, or sometimes it would just feel like it would come out of nowhere. And it was just the most excruciating pain in the world. Like if I was in, in mid flare, if I were to just step the wrong way on my foot or like sit there and move right, it would just be the most acute pain I could imagine. And uh, it really kept me from being able to sleep. And, you know, sometimes like I said, it was so bad, I couldn't even, you know, walk, you know, to my car, to, to my workplace, just because it would be so painful. But just a lot of, uh, a lot of just like chronic pain in my back, hips and shoulders, uh, lots of insomnia, um, and, uh, and eventually I've an, an increasing digestive issues, you know, as, as, as time went on. So that got, uh, digestive issues got sort of progressively worse after you were feeling joint pain. Yeah. Yeah. I would say they, they continued for my digestive issues. I, I had some before, but they just continued to get worse and worse and worse. You know, I, I, you know, thought at the time that some of it must be with the uh, anti-inflammatories I was taking, you know, that was part of the reason I eventually stopped taking anti-inflammatories. It's just right. my digestive distress got so bad that okay. it just didn't uh, feel worth it. And uh, yeah, it just got increasingly worse and worse over the years. And then it was only about two years, two and a half years before the S challenge that I actually had a, a colonoscopy and was diagnosed oh. with Crohn. Okay, that's that's interesting. Okay, so I'm just trying to just lay the foundation here. Um, your symptoms, so you were experiencing joint pain from about 10 or 12 until about what age did things start you said they accelerated when you were like first diagnosed around 27 when did you start feeling uh when did the digestive issues start really getting kind of out of hand how old hmm. it's tough to say because like initially the digestive issues weren't as as much of an issue you know i i had seen a doctor for my back pain and my uh, joint issues you know in my early 20s a bit when they were really bad and you know they just they did x-rays they said they couldn't see anything was wrong with me you know and um you know so i i just kind of continued to figure that there weren't any answers there but um the digestive stuff really hit around the same time where i was dealing with a lot of of work stress okay uh, you know, when I was in a really stressful sales position, you know, where I had to meet stressful numbers every day and I, I felt like I had to misrepresent myself on a daily basis and be something that I wasn't supposed to cause a lot of conflict for me. And I definitely started having some significant uh, stomach issues and started eating Tums like candy uh, pretty much all day, every, every day. I'm just having an upset stomach you know, feeling like a, you know, as well as, as digestive issues pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. When you were a kid, did you have digestive issues? Like pre 10, 12? 
some, you know, I, I had some digestive issues around the same time. Uh, when I was around that age, 10, 12, it's also when I really started gaining a lot of weight. Um, I've, I've really struggled with uh, chronic weight issues and obesity uh, much, much of my life. And, and around that same time that I started feeling joint pain and stomach issues, it's also when I, I started really um, putting on a lot of weight. Mm, interesting. So you were self-medicating for uh, 27 years until you were diagnosed, like over-the-counter, over-the-counter, like what, uh, Tums, Advil, acetaminophen, yeah. Tylenol, and you said alcohol. You were drinking alcohol excessively. When did that start? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, like a huge a huge drinker in college and I did definitely drink in college but once I joined the corporate world it was kind of like the same thing where in the sales jobs I worked it was kind of uh, an expectation like as part of the culture that you go to happy hour after work you know so I started going to happy hour after work pretty regularly and then um and you know I, I was making more money so that I could afford you know alcohol things like that but I started having so many sleep issues that I would just, I'd do anything, you know, to be able to sleep. Cause I only be able to sleep like two hours at a time and I would pop awake. So I would, you know, drink before I go to bed. I take sleeping pills. Um, you know, I, you know, anything that, anything that, anything that could help, you know, cannabis, anything that could, that could help me out. Wow. But, um, but definitely I could tell that the drinking and the prescription drugs were not, helping me you know it was kind of a downward spiral my health just kept getting worse and worse and worse until i eventually did get the the diagnosis of as i got sick enough i guess to, to get that diagnosis and i did the blood test and i had the hla b27 right so so that's what that's what brought you to uh your rheumatologist was just a lot of physical discomfort a lot of pain and you were like i can't i can't hide from this anymore having trouble to getting to and from your car. Uh, like it just became really obvious that you had to figure this out. Yeah, absolutely. I was just at my, my wits end. I was having so many different health problems. I mean, even on top of that, I felt I was like having kidney problems. I, you know, I gained a ton of weight back again at that time. I, I had actually lost about 120 pounds in college um, and had really focused on my physical health. But uh, once all the, the stress from work and the self-soothing, you know, with food and medication and everything like that, it all just kind of snowballed into increasing health problems until I, I went to the doctor. Yeah, and I just said, you know, I'm, I'm in really rough shape. And that's when they did a bunch of tests, in, including the, the blood protein work and that was also when that they found the sacrolitis on my x-ray and that's when they gave me the diagnosis of, of as and i started seeing wow. a rheumatologist wow okay okay um i just wanted to ask i mean i hope this isn't too personal uh did you use food as uh you said you used it to soothe would you say that it was a some kind of an addiction uh, was that, or not maybe addiction, but like a, a way to cope with discomfort, emotional, uh, physical? I'm just curious. I mean, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's not too personal, and that's also 
been very much a part of the realizations that I've, I've come to through this process is that, you know, all my life I, I've struggled with my weight and I've, you know, thought different ways of dealing with it and trying to wonder what was at the root of it. And that really what I've, I've learned is that ever since I was young, you know, I've, I've used food to self-soothe, you know, that, that when I feel anxious, I feel, I have like a discomfort, like emotional discomfort that would help to, when I feel like eat enough food to, to satiate myself. Um, that's something I've definitely learned about myself through this process is how much of my, my weight issues and my eating issues have to do with, with the, with those uncomfortable emotions, with the self-soothing with food. And you could definitely call it uh, an, an addiction. I mean, I've gone through a lot of years of changing my, my eating patterns, you know, of, of giving up, you know, of not using food in that way, but it's definitely been a long learning process. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can certainly identify and understand that. For me, it was always like if I felt uh, dark, dark feelings, I would have my ways that I would soothe, soothe and, and I'm still aware of them to this day. You know, what are they when they, you know, rear their head? It's like, oh, that's always an option, right? So right. Good, what do I choose with a little bit more awareness, maybe? So you are 27 years old. You've been introduced to a rheumatologist and they diagnose you with what? Um, with ankylosing spondylitis. And also Crohn's? I know the Crohn's diagnosis didn't come till much later, actually. Oh, oh wow. Okay, amazing. <laughs> okay, so you got the AS diagnosis, and did they recommend medication to you? Yeah, um, you know, they recommended anti-inflammatories. Um, you know, they stirred me on some, like, very high-dose naproxen and uh you know a couple of other um like feldine and a couple other like prescription anti-inflammatories and you know and at first i didn't seem to react too well to them like even ones that shouldn't have side effects like the naproxen i started feeling kind of dizzy and um, others I, I didn't have side effects from but i definitely felt like my digestive issues increased over time um and uh, you know, and digestive issues got worse when you were on the medication on the NSAIDs. Right, they just seemed to steadily, steadily seem to have a more and more sensitive stomach. Okay. You know, to, to different to different things. But you know, but I was I was told, uh, you know, by both my rheumatologist and and my general practitioner doctor, and I told them basically I wanted to stop taking them because I felt like, you know, it was not treating me well and you know told me that you know if i wasn't taking some type of anti-inflammatory or some other type of medication that you know it's pretty much in inevitable that the pain would get worse and that uh you know eventually fusing could likely be be an issue which is really concerning to me for so it you know it took it was it definitely did some soul searching before i stopped taking you know, my medication so you you did it you wanted to not take the medication because of uh, symptoms of side effects was there any other reason like uh, uh like wanting to do it naturally or was there any other reason i guess is what i'm wondering yeah that, that was a big part of it too I, I mean you know i did want to do it naturally i didn't want to be dependent on on medication um 
you know, that was def that was definitely part of it. But also just, you know, as I read increasingly about the side effects of long-term NSAID use, you know, I really just became concerned about if I'm going to be taking this every day for literally the rest of my life for the next 30, 40 years, you know, what's, what's that, what's that going to do to me? Right. And, and to my, and, and to my rheumatologist credit, I mean, definitely to her credit, you know, what she told me was that she, you know, she had a lot of AS patients and she said the AS patients who did the best that she knew really, really dedicated a lot of time to um, physical fitness and nutrition as as well I guess particularly with with exercise and you know at the time I, I had you know once again become very overweight and unhealthy and sedentary and I, I really I, I took it to heart you know I, I really um, I did a lot of research you know on online medical uh, groups um, medical literature and things like that and I joined a, a weight control program, you know, I, you know, I, I did my best to really clean up my diet and I lost about 110 pounds again, just really worked to, to get healthy and was really determined to find a way to manage my symptoms without needing increasing medication or without needing to resort to surgeries or anything like that. Wow. Wow. So how long was that uh, journey from 27 until when did you like how long did it take to sort of uh you know r regulate the weight um did did you slow down the medication did you wean off of it uh i eventually weaned weaned off the the medication as i got healthier um i i did lose a bunch of weight i did you know lose about 110 pounds and i did and it did really help you know being um, you know, doing weight training and, uh, and you were, aerobic. you were doing weight training, like lifting weights. Yeah. And lifting weights and, and aerobic work going on, like the elliptical and things like that. And I really did, did you, like, sorry, ahead. did you, did you go to uh, a gym? Did you take classes? Did you just do it on your own? Yeah, I just did it on my own. I mean, I joined a gym, you know, I, I, I joined a gym that I went to pretty religiously. You know, and after it took me about two years um, to lose to lose all that weight, and when I was a whole lot more fit, I, I did I did feel a lot better. You know, I definitely still had AS symptoms. I definitely still had uh, flares. You know, from from time to time, but my day to day health was definitely was definitely much improved, and so much so that you felt confident enough to slowly wean off the medication. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, wow. you know, I just stopped, stopped taking the medication. Um, you know, I did, I did find that, um, I did find that supplementing with cannabis did help with my with my inflammation, and that, and then I noticed that if I let off, if I stopped taking um, cannabis, that sometimes the the inflammation would come back. But I found through using diet, exercise. And a light regimen of cannabis that I I was eventually I eventually and I eventually found um, you know the diet solutions you know I, I didn't go all the way to no starch but pretty close with very low carb diets and uh, had a lot of, a lot of success using those to both help manage my weight 
and to lessen the inflammation in my body. And, uh, you know, I had to be pretty strict about it. I had to be pretty strict about it. But for a number of years, I was actually to man able to manage my symptoms well enough that I didn't feel like I needed any additional medication. You know, I most of the time could manage my symptoms quite well, but I was also, but also felt kind of fragile in a way because it felt like if I like, you know, ate a piece of frozen pizza, you know, like all of a sudden I'd be like incredibly sick for a couple of days and all my uh, symptoms would come back, you know? So it was, it was a, you know, I, I could manage it, but it, it took a, a lot of, uh, a lot of work. And how, like, give me a timeline from 27 until what age are you at now where you're like pretty much managing it on your own you're off most of the medication lightly using cannabis like what, what kind of timeline i would say uh i'm using I, i'd say i had well i'd lost the weight by 29 and it was shortly after i met my wife um at 30, 31, where I started using the low carb diet and that really helped. And I went off all medication, I'd say around the time I, I started doing the low carb diet, which was about 10 years ago. 10 years um, ago. So 30, I, you know, 35. Yeah. So from 27 to 35, seven years, you were in the solo man, like basically out there on your own, attempting to figure this out, and miraculously, just through blood, sweat, and tears, basically pulled yourself out of pain and suffering, uh, and were able to manage your symptoms to the point where you're pretty much off medication, just with you know infrequent flares here and there. I am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just and want to say that that's incredible. Just that, just that is amazing. You know what I mean? I just have to acknowledge how incredible that is because I've I've been through that. It's a heck of a lot of work. It requires a hell of a lot of courage and dedication. But like you said, you felt fragile, right? Right. Right. Yeah, it, but it, it worked. It some it worked kind of. Right. It really did. And you know, and I, you know, went out to like all these like Facebook groups that I had been a part of doing research and stuff like that and tried to tell people about these successes I had or ways that it it, uh, it really helped me to try to kind of spread the the word. And I was surprised at how much pushback <laughs> there was, mm -hmm. how much, you know, not you know disbelief that anything like that could be possible that you know you're just what did you hear what kind of kind of stuff did you hear about i, I mean just uh, that you know giving people false hope and that you know why should why should people put themselves through so much struggle if it's not going to help and that essentially anything outside of pharmaceutical intervention was just fooling yourself you know that it was I inevitable that you had that I would have to get on medication if it didn't, and if it didn't do it sooner rather than later, that's inevitable that things are going to get really bad later on, you know. And that's that's kind of the mess. That's the message I heard heard over and over again. That it's just you know inevitable. It's going to get really bad, so you should try to do as many you know extreme interventions now as you can. Wow. Um, 
without getting into massive detail, I just want to just a little bit curious for myself how you use cannabis in terms of how much you you were using it and if it became uh, a crutch and if you were overusing it ever to soothe as well. Were we able, you know, like just that kind of world there where you're I'm just curious. You know, I, yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've used cannabis, you know, since since the uh, college years, I mean, on and off. And there are certainly been times where I, I have overused it, you know, or, or abused it and times where it, you know, can hurt motivation and, and things like that. But for me, I find that especially if I, it, it helps, it does help, really help with my inflammation. If I just have some in the evening time, it really helps me be able to get to sleep. And I also really find that it helps me with exercise. You know, one thing that I really find that that benefits me is like a lot of times with being a person with AS, you know, with, um, when you have that stiffness, you know, a lot of times it's hard to get going in the beginning and hard to stay motivated. But I find if I had a little cannabis before I exercise, put on some music, I, I really enjoy. Not only did it help me loosen up a lot faster, but just helped make, helped, uh, me keep motivated and helped helped me um, exercise a lot more than I would otherwise. Okay. And really? Super, Sorry. Go ahead. I know. I was just going to say it's like the biggest advantages for me were for helping make exercise more uh, more capable for exercise and more able to get good sleep. And did you use a different type of cannabis before exercise and before sleep, like sativa before exercise, indica before sleep, or was it? I'm just curious. Well, um, you know, once I moved to to Washington, I, you know, I, I I live in Washington State, uh, where cannabis is legal, and I have access to a variety of of different products, and that really helped was a big step forward for me because. For me, I, I like I, what really helps me a lot is like some high CBD, low THC edible oil. You know, I can, and out here you can get it where it has such low THC, it's non intoxicating. You know, so that that can help for times when you, when, you know, intoxication is not <laughs> in any way advisable. And I can be able to choose the products that work the best. I do find that before I exercise, a sativa really helps. It really helps me be energized and motivated, and um, and yeah, it makes exercise more enjoyable in general. While as indica, the indica strains for me are really good for sleep and relaxing at the end of the day. So it's since, especially like I said, since moving to Washington and having that access. Um, to a variety has, has definitely helped me use it medicinally more effectively. Right. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. It's interesting and fascinating. So you're 35 years old. You're managing your symptoms on your own and doing a pretty dang good job of it. And what happens now? Well, you know, like, like I said, it was, it was kind of a, a, a fragile, you know, I'd have times where, you know, if I had uh, or I couldn't keep up with my cooking, you know, or my exercise because stressful things would come up in my life, you know, a lot of times I, you know, could regress and go back again and come back. And it was kind of like that back and forth for a while um, until uh, in my, I guess it was about five years ago, uh, my dad passed away. 
And I didn't initially make this connection, but, uh, but after my dad passed away, all of my uh, symptoms grew precipitously worse. Like all of a sudden, not only did my digestive systems get in incredibly worse, and that was also when I was diagnosed with Crohn's, was with maybe like six months after my dad passed, because um, my symptoms had gotten so bad. But all of a sudden, the diet stopped working. All of a sudden, even, you know, quote, unquote, safe foods, you know, fruits, vegetables, healthy food was making me have, you know, incredible digestive distress. You know, all of a sudden, the, you know, the the exercise and everything like that it was wasn't suppressing my symptoms you know i was having I was having regular flares of as i was having crohn's flares i was having digestive pain and and distress and you know I, i'm always about the all of the above approach you know i mean you know when i was diagnosed with crohn's you know i got on uh some medication with crohn's and started seeing specialists there and for a little while it 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 did work it for with the digestive um, issues in particular um, for you know the first couple rounds of medication I took, but unfortunately, as as time went on, the medication stopped being effective, and I was still doing all of my healthy habits, you know, still still working to to you know eat eat low carb and to exercise and things like that, but unfortunately, it just like like I said this this you know, program that I had worked to manage my symptoms for a long time stopped working. Wow. Wow. wow, wow. Okay. So I just want to rewind a little bit. I'm finding everything so fascinating that you have to say, like, it's incredible. It's an incredible journey. It's so clear too. Um, the period, I'm just rewinding a bit to the period when you were 35 years old, managing your symptoms. What did, had you clued in on your own about stress and stress related work-related stuff was that also a part of it like just you know trying to lower your stress was that also part of your management regime you know i you know while i knew that stress had an effect on it i have to say that like my focus was primarily on the physical you know i you know like i i was very much tuned into the you know anti-inflammatory foods you know and you know a lot of the different uh you know, theories about leaky gut and and things along those lines and the potential connection to autoimmune conditions. So that that was really my focus. I mean, I, I did know that exercise definitely helped me with my stress a, a lot, and that and that I knew that I felt better with that. But but really, up until that point, you know, up until I I mean, honestly, when I started listening to your podcast. For me, so much of it was just on the the physical aspect on it. Like, is this caused by food? Is this you know caused by leaky gut and medication? You know, things right. like. That. So I'm just trying to trace. Uh, that's that's awesome. I think that's so great that we have that clarification. I'm also curious um, if uh, just coincidentally the stress in your life was lowered. Uh, from when you were like, say, 27, you're working the corporate sales job. Did you switch careers kind of intuitively going, damn, I, you know, I really don't like this sales stuff. And did you did you change careers uh, that I think you did mention in your in your what you wrote me that you had changed careers? Did that did that help at all? Kind of intuitively a good move? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I definitely, uh, you know, I worked a lot of years in phone sales, and it was incredibly stressful. And some of the companies I worked for, I just, 
you know, they, the, the jobs just weren't for me. I wasn't a good fit and I found it, uh, found it to be in, incredibly, um, incredibly stressful to work in those positions and just became disillusioned with working in corporate world in general. Um, so I went back to school for paralegal to try to kind of take a different approach to try to get into a different industry and I had learned about um, being a paralegal in some of my jobs and that definitely did help some I mean leaving the corporate sales was was a uh, was a big help for me I mean my I would say my some of my first uh, paralegal positions also I mean I was right in the middle of the Great Recession so I'd take what I could get and uh, a lot of those positions were also quite stressful um, you know but uh, I, I do think that um, leaving sales and meeting my wife uh, both did definitely lower my my stress level in, in, in general and and help and did did help me also during those those years okay that's that's wonderful to hear I think that's it's important I mean you, you had that uh, I don't know luck or intuition or whatever whatever you want to call it to at least you know, you found a woman that was right for you which is a big peace you know uh and and moved away from a, a job that wasn't right for you and found slightly better you know work that was more suited uh okay um so now you're i don't know 40 40 years old and the uh you have a diagnosis of as and crohn's at this point uh I just, if you're comfortable at all, don't have to go into big detail, but talking a little bit about that breaking point with your father passing, perhaps what that maybe meant, I mean, I, meant to you and why, I mean, obviously that's a very challenging thing to go through and sorry for your loss, Matt. Um, it, only if you're comfortable, you know, maybe describe, maybe, if you can reflect on that period. Well, you know, it was, it was definitely tough. I mean, I was definitely really close to my dad. Um, and um, he passed very quickly from uh, esophageal cancer. And he, he was diagnosed um, less than a year before, uh, before he passed. And, you know, he's obviously the patriarch for family and meant a lot. And, you know, but, you know, I was on really good terms with him, you know, and we, you know, I feel like we had the, the talks we need to before he passed. So when I passed, I guess I didn't feel particularly, um, you know, devastated or anything like that. But it was, I think, my first time experiencing, really experiencing grief, you know, and um, something I wasn't familiar with. And like I, you know, once I got back home, I just, uh, after the, uh, you know, after, after the funeral and everything passed, you know, usually, you know, I, you know, have very busy schedule working, taking care of my son, you know, everything like that. And, uh, but I started having just a lot of really major emotional issues. I started having intrusive thoughts about, you know, lots of health anxiety, you know, lots of just anxiety about life in general. I, I started kind of withdrawing from my family a little bit, trying to figure out how to deal with with some of the emotions and uh it, it really affected my whole family you know my, my relationship with my wife started to degrade my son started having trouble at, at school and uh you know it's just kind of all a bunch of 
compounding stress one 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 on top of the other and it it was it was definitely really really tough there for a while to to learn how to process the situation how to keep all the plates spinning with you know work and family and, and everything like that and trying to process some of those emotions that were coming up wow okay so the effect was the medication wasn't working anymore for as or uh, well you weren't taking it for as anymore uh, but for crohn's um your lifestyle regime wasn't uh working anymore uh and then where did you go from there well you know i i did um i kept on uh, i kept on doing the all of the above approach you know kept on doing all of my you know healthy habits type things and and for the time i did keep taking the uh crohn's medication you know even through uh the as recovery challenge um just you know trying to trying to do my best and you know and that was really how as i mentioned before how i found your podcast was was just trying to find you know another approach you know other other techniques to handle other ways that we could that i could go that i could go after it i wasn't you know all the as groups i looked at you know all really emphasized going on biologic medication and uh you know while i don't you know i'm not anti-medication certainly you know whatever works and if it helps people but just some of the experiences that people had and uh and the side effects people had made me really want to find a different a different way and something that i wouldn't be dependent on you know wow okay so through your searching you found the podcast um and then you were inspired enough to sign up for the AS challenge or did I miss anything? No, that's, that's exactly right. You know, I, I started listening to all the different people you'd had on your show and uh, also started listening uh, through, found out about Sky Denton and his podcast as well. And, uh, and uh, started reading some of Peter Winslow's books uh, he had on his site. And then, yeah, so I eventually signed up for the challenge what was it that convinced you uh, or inspired you you know i i mean you know obviously the thing that inspired me the most was just hearing about people who had recovered you know people who were now living without pain when you know for so much research today it's hard for me to find other people who had <laughs> that experience you know so it was very exciting to me and um and hearing Peter Winslow talk, I really felt like I clicked with him. You know, I've always been uh, a bit of a, a spiritual seeker, you know, my, my life, a very, you know, philosophical person and things like that. And, but I never really connected that to AS and to physical health. You know, like I said before, everything I was looking at was all about the, the physical aspect of it, you know, and hadn't really considered approaching it from that more uh mental spiritual mind body approach yeah yeah that's a huge penny penny to drop it was for me as well i hadn't really considered that quite not not to that extent okay so so what happened you you did the recovery challenge what was that like 
Well, it, you know, it wasn't, uh, it, it definitely wasn't exactly what I expected. You know, it, it what was, did you uh, expect? What did you expect? Well, I, I guess, I guess I expected us to talk about AS a little bit more, in it, you know, and, uh, and on, uh, on the experience of AS and, you know, dealing with it, but it's just a different approach, you know, Peter's approach isn't so much focusing on the disease as focusing on achieving a state of health, achieving, you know, the, you know, of being the state of health and that that then generates, you know, health from being in that state. And, you know, instead of focusing on the specifics of AS, just on the focusing more on the specifics of, you know, of how to generate health and wellness, you know, of the, the uh, mind states Peter talks about, you know, of, of um, you know, of health, gratitude, love, and peace of mind, and how that's really the, that's really the basis of, of, of health, you know, and that generates health and wellness. Wow. So what did happen in, uh, like, uh, I guess, what, what made, how did you, how did he teach you that or teach you folks that? Well, he has a, a lot of different um, tools and techniques uh, to kind of help. Right, what I really think that that way really does is help you break the habits of negative ruminating and background chronic stress, you know, to resolve the cause of AS. So that's really what I've kind of come to learn is so much of autoimmune diseases are caused by this chronic state of stress that we're in, this background stress that we often don't even notice. And we obviously notice obvious stresses of, of work and you know, relationships, issues, and things like that. But that often we don't notice that we're keeping ourselves in a constant state of, of stress. But he provided a lot of different techniques and practices to do on a regular basis to kind of break that habit of being in the negative state, of focusing and nourishing the positive states as, as an alternative. Wow. Okay. So you were given these tools, uh, these practices, um, and what did it take to implement them? Was it enough for you to just hear about them or was there work for you, you to do on your own or, you know, what, what happened there? I think it was definitely about the work I did on my own. I mean, you know, it was the practice that he provided to me, but that's really what I've learned through this process for myself and, and seeing others who've, who've recovered from it. It's really, you get out of it what you put into it. You know, it's, it's really about your own state of being. It's really about putting into practice these practices and finding what works for you. You know, I mean, I, I started, uh, you know, the AS Recovery Challenge inspired me to start meditating regularly and having a, a daily meditation practice. And there are many times where I was meditating and I would just have like old emotions come up, you know, memories of old things that would, that would happen. And, uh, or, or I would just feel like stress that was in my body that I would be able to release. You know, I, I very much, you know, it's through the recovery challenge. We read Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. And I had read it before and I felt like it was pretty life-changing, but, but just learning about it in the context of, of AS, of the, of the pain body 
you know, and becoming aware of those chronic pain body states, you know, of, of you know, I, as, as, as I was aware of that and was practicing meditation, I would be aware of tension I had in my body or like longstanding resentments that I was holding and just like learning to let go of some of those things. I remember one time after it's about partway through the challenge uh, and I'd been doing the practices regularly and I was meditating and I literally, I felt my abdomen release. I felt my gut release and I realized that I literally been unconsciously sucking in my gut for maybe my whole life, you know, and I'm sure part of that insecurity of being overweight and you know, wanting to suck in your gut, but, but also just of just being anxious, but just that feeling that release was such a big deal. And there was another time too, I remember during the Ask Recovery Challenge where it was just like a time at work where I just recognized like normally where I submitted work to a, like an attorney for approval. I was a paralegal at a time. I would feel just like a great amount of anxiety, you know, and, and performance anxiety, social anxiety when I do that. But I learned to, to recognize that, recognize what it was, sit with it and just and let it go. And learn and learn and learn to shortcut that that pattern i had you know it's it's all about becoming conscious of 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 those patterns and choosing something different that that's awesome that's incredible um can we break down that experience a little bit a little bit slower so you have this project that uh you you're doing you're sending it you're giving it to uh, an attorney for approval. Uh, can you just describe a little bit slower? Like, what does it mean to sit with it? What does it mean? Like, how how did you change the pattern? And how did you become aware of it? Exact, I know we already went through it, but I'm just going to just want to reiterate and go a little bit deeper into this process. Really, a lot of it is just about awareness, you know, that before... These are just kind of unconscious processes I would go through automatically, you know, and that I would become very like anxious to the point of, you know, being distraught. If I submit something for approval, you know, that I would worry about, you know, the feedback I'd get, if it was good enough, you know, like I'd immediately start catastrophizing about the worst thing that could possibly happen you know if they came back and said like oh you know you did this terribly you know not that it was, that was my experience but just that was but that was just how my subconscious thought process would, would work you know just about thinking about the worst thing that could possibly happen and worrying about how i would be perceived but with the additional awareness that i had i recognized that pattern that was playing out. I recognized this feeling of anxiety I had in my abdomen, you know, but instead of running with it, instead of like, instead of my brain taking off with it and trying to tell a story about why I'm anxious, what could happen, what terrible things could happen and why it's a good idea that I, you know, plan out all of these ca catastrophic scenarios, you know, in, in order to gird myself for what might happen. But, just recognizing that pattern instead of instead of taking off with it, just sitting with that feeling of anxiety, knowing that you know what, everything's gonna be fine. And and that feeling is not benefiting me. That 
thought pattern that catastroph that you know catastrophizing and all that is not going to help me you know get better feedback it's not going to help me work better it's not going to you know it's it's it doesn't serve me so i don't have to i don't have to go through that whole process i can cut it short i can sit with that feeling and then just let it go mm, that's right the best way I can that's the way i can describe it and what is it like to sit with a really uncomfortable feeling? Yeah, it's kind of, it's hard to describe, you know, it's like, it's like when you have a, sometimes when you have a difficult conversation, you have to sit with an uncomfortable silence, you know, and like you feel like you need to fill the science, you know, but sometimes where you get the most effective conversations when you allow that uncomfortable silence. You know, when you allow yourself to sit to the discomfort, because no one wants to feel discomfort, wants to feel uncomfortable, right? And no one wants to feel pain. And you instantly want to do anything to get away from that feeling, to explain that feeling. But sometimes those, because, but that's not the most beneficial thing. You know, a lot of those patterns that we have are old patterns from childhood we had from dealing from with stressful situations ways that we learn to act out of survival when you're younger they were just continuing to play out as as adults even when they don't serve us anymore and i think that's a big part of what i've learned in, in healing is just learning to it's just learning to identify those those patterns you know and and learning to instead of repeating those same subconscious processes over and over again just recognizing when when they happen and replacing it and and cutting it short and replacing it with the positive feelings and the, the positive regard. Mm. Wow. Okay. So how did this how did this translate into well first of all, did meditation help with that process? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Meditation to me it helps, it's really helped me provide that center. You know that emotional center of calmness and gratitude and peace that i can return to more quickly you know so that like if you know always you know can get swept up in emotions get swept up in patterns and that that always is going to happen you know and that's just 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 a part of a part of life but when i'm, I'm meditating regularly it's easier to return to that mean you know, instead of like staying at a high level of stress all the time that, you know, then if something happens can send you into distress you know, staying in a level of calmness and peace that if something's distressful, you know, something might, might happen, but then it, I return, I think not only it gives me the ability to pause, you know, when I feel emotional, it gives me that ability to not immediately react. And it also helps me return from the reaction back to my baseline quicker than I could before. That's really where the advantage has come in. And also just, like I said, as I've meditated, as I've had a regular meditation practice, you know, just, it's totally unpredictable, but I just regularly will have situations happen where I, I'll have memories come through like a an event from earlier in my life I haven't thought about in decades and it's like I'll relive uh, that period of my life and process through it in a different way and then I just feel lighter after that mm. 
Wow, okay. So meditation is, it's funny because you hear the word or the term meditation practice, you know, we hear that our whole lives. And it isn't until you explain exactly what we're practicing. Like you literally sit down to practice meditating, but what you're doing is you're practicing being that process that you just described that you can take to take into your daily life. That's the practice, um, which is it's fascinating because it's so easy to just say, oh, yeah, practicing meditating. But what does that mean? What does it mean to practice meditation? And I just, I think you did a great job of describing that um, and also releasing old memories, feelings, sensations that naturally have an opportunity to come up and to consciously let go of or understand or whatever it is. All this, uh, that process has been, like how, how much of your recovery or remission or feeling better, however you want to describe it, has it been? I mean, it's been very key. It's been very key part of it. Um, like I said, it's just to help provide that space, you know, to help provide that awareness, you know, that increased awareness, both emotionally and even physically, things like that, of feeling, you know, emotions when they're rising up, you know, things when they rise up and, and just remaining in a, a regular uh, positive emotional state, you know, in a less reactive emotional state is, is really key. And, you know, and a big other part of it, you know, of what I've learned with Peter, uh, with, with Peter Winslow and his, and his coaching and, uh, from reading a lot of, I spent a lot of time reading other, uh, mind body healing books and things like that too, is I just really learned the importance of what, what I, what I've, I've deemed, uh, emotional hygiene, which is that, you know, to me, and what, one thing that I think a lot of people don't recognize is that, you know, we know we need daily you know, good nutrition and good exercise, be healthy. You need to have water, things like that. But you also need daily joy and gratitude in your life, you know, to, to be healthy, you know, and that, you know, so many people, you know, like I, I like the idea of hygiene because it's something that you do on a regular basis, on a daily basis, right? And, you know, like if you show up to work or, you know, with your family, things like that, and you're not taking care of your hygiene, you know, you're stinky and <laughs> disheveled and, you know, people don't want to be around you. Um, so it's it's a natural expectation, right, that, you know, people be healthy, keep up their hygiene. But so many people are walking around full of resentment and anger and bitterness. And it's, and, you know, and, and it affects everyone around them. It affects, our, affects everyone around them. And they don't realize that they're in that constant state. You know, I didn't realize I was in a, a constant state, you know, that I had resentments that I was holding, that I had anger that I was holding, things like that. But, you know, it comes down to that old metaphor of, you know, kind of like the garden that you're watering, you know, right? Like, are you watering the garden of anger and resentment and bitterness? Or are you watering the garden of joy, gratitude? you know, of, of peace and of, and love. And it, it really does make a huge difference, not only in your emotional state, 
but what's really a lesson that's learned to me is, is also on your physical state, on how your on how your body is reacting to your internal environment that you're creating. Wow, tell tell me more about that. Like, how, what what does that mean for your body to be responding to your internal state? Well, it's a lot about what I learned about um, in in the AS Challenge and outside about epigenetics and like about you know so what Bruce Lipton talks talks about in his books about how you know our genetics you know our the expression of our genetics lots of it depends on the environment in which those cells are existing in and when you constant state of, of resentment anger fear you know you're in a constant state of fight or flight and your whole internal system react to that environment you know rather than being in a state of growth you're being in a, a state of preservation and emergency and you know which is very healthy it's something it's you know it's supposed that system is supposed to be there in our in our body you know at times it's very good to be in a state but if you're chronically in that state your body isn't able to repair itself it isn't able to grow and eventually it's it starts to break down you know and you know every person's different every person reacts differently but i know especially for me it, it makes a, a huge difference physically you know what my what my emotional state and mental state of being is on a daily basis and how, like um for folks who aren't familiar with epigenetics and firing different genes uh and how maybe we can have uh, be a part of that and creating our environment can you describe a little bit more about creating uh, i guess fostering that garden fostering that those genes uh, what what is that of you know what is that how do you do that well in a big part of it you know for me is you know it, is it's about that about your state of being you know it's about having what i talked about about having a daily state having daily joy in your life about having gratitude in your life about focusing on the positive things in your life that you know that you're safe that you're you know you have everything that you need you know that you have everything you need to grow and that everything serves and that 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 feeling that feeling that i'm not in an emergency you know i'm i'm safe i'm in a, i'm in i'm growing i'm getting stronger i'm getting healthier you know and you know sending that message to your in, internal environment lets your body know that it's it's okay to regenerate and grow and repair and that you don't doesn't need to feel like there's another emergency just coming around the corner mm. which is something that i you know had subconsciously been broadcasting to my body for much of my life <laughs> right right so you were able to change your environment through shifting your focus and attention is that correct absolutely absolutely so much of it is recontextualization you know so much of it is how are you interpreting the the events of your life and your physical sensations and things like that you know, the belief that everything is just another sign that you're falling apart and everything is bad and you know like you're headed towards you know a bad end or is everything a part of your growth is everything an opportunity for you to learn more and to grow more and even just that change of perspective that change in language that change in context 
makes such a big difference in your in your regular state of being you know and how you're describing your life is a constantly state of emergency and stress and drama and tragedy as if if you feel like you're that's the way it is you tend to generate those events in your life and you always and you'll always see things that confirm that belief you know like it doesn't matter if it's in the media or outside anywhere if you want if you're looking for things to for something to confirm that life is bad and going bad things that you'll you will absolutely find it without a problem but the op the opposite is also true you know that you know if you're always looking for opportunities for growth and change and peace and beauty and appreciation that the world is full of that too and wow. that that can affect that 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 change in perspective can have a literal effect on your on your physical body and your physical health as well as your emotional as your emotional health so the tools that you learned the practices that you learned in the recovery challenge enabled you to shift that focus and attention from say seeing all the threats and dangers in your environment to being in this exact same environment however seeing it in a different way and that had the effect of of healing your your you spiritually emotionally and physically is that correct yeah absolutely i i would say that's correct and it's it's been a learning process i mean it i made huge breakthroughs during the as during the as recovery challenge but um i i i had huge um growth during the as recovery challenge but ever since then too i've been um been continuing to read lots of books on mind body healing and I've continued to be in a group with uh, with Peter and with other graduates of the AS Recovery Challenge. Uh, we have a, a bi-monthly mastermind group where um, different people who've been through the program meet and talk and talk about you know how we're dealing with with our condition, things that we're learning, things that we're going through. And I also find that that's really really helpful because um, because for uh, because for me um because for me it's not just you know, like a one and done or like something that you you learn and you're changed forever for me, it's it's really about your daily state of being and your your daily practice you know it's kind of like what i've learned about losing weight too right where you know it's not you can't just like go through like a, a diet like a short period of time and then you know make a change and then go back to the way that you were living before and expect that you're gonna maintain those changes, right? If you go back to living and being the way that the way that you were before, you're gonna this you're gonna have the same effects of that that you had before. So it's been it's been really helpful seeing all those other people who've come through AS and how how they're managing it. People at different stages of you know completely recovered or still still working on it, and how um, that process works on a daily basis. Have there been ups and downs for you, Matt? Uh, absolutely. You know, there's been, you know, sometimes th there are definitely times where it felt like a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, you know, or I, you know, get, I'd get caught up in old, old emotional patterns, you know, and, uh, you know, 
get caught up and then I'd start having, I'd feel a physical symptom again. And then your brain starts also and starts racing like, Oh no, it's back. You know, like, like the AS is, is, is going to come back and, you know, I'm going to start having all these problems again. And you, you know, it gets tempted to start catastrophizing and things like that. But, but, I, it hasn't. It hasn't come back. And when I return to that state of being, and I return to it, and I realize that, you know, there's nothing to worry about. You know that, as that, um, you know, I continue to find ways of growing and continue to follow those practices, and I haven't had, you know, a single other flare. You know, but, but you know, life has its ups and downs, and those well-worn patterns that we've had since we were children are always going to be there. It's always going to be easy as the, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, path of least resistance is always going to be to default to those old comfortable patterns, you know? And it's all about just recognizing when those, those patterns come in and choosing the new healthier patterns. Wow. Um, so, how does this tie in with psychological growth and what is psychological growth? This is a term that you, you provided me with. Right. Right. Well, and I just described, cause, cause basically, you know, as I've been learning about it, I've been reading a lot of spiritual books, a lot of psycho psychological books and hearing from different speakers. And to me, it's kind of, it seems to me like two different approaches to talk about the same thing, like two different, languages to talk about to talk about the same thing two different right. sorry two different languages to talk about the same thing i just right want to pause, i just want to pause there and just let every let the viewers listeners know that matt has read over 40 am i right over 40 <laughs> mind and body uh books after doing the recovery challenge and i just want to describe the difference we already kind of touched on it he read uh, A New Earth before um, the recovery challenge, and it was out of context with recovering from a chronic illness. And after going through the recovery challenge, seeing that book in new eyes, was able to appreciate what those words were actually talking about and how it related to getting better and feeling better and since then has read over 40 books. So I just want to say that, you know, for people that don't know, Matt is coming from a, a very informed place, not only has done a lot of reading, but has also uh, transformed himself for lack of a better expression. So please go on uh, to, what were you saying about the uh, two different approaches, two different approaches, two different outlooks? Right, right. I really feel like, you know, it's just, you know, some some people are more, you know, I think, receptive to spiritual uh, to spiritual approach, and I think some people are more receptive to like the scientific psychological approach. But really, what I've found about you know studying both of them and reading about both of them is 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 just the commonalities, how much they're they're talking about the same thing, they're just coming at it with different language. And different descriptions, you know. You know, I, you know, from the, you know, I, I love you know Eckhart Tolle, Don Miguel Ruiz, David Hawkins, Ram Das. I mean, 
Thich Nhat Hanh, some of these spiritual leaders I've, I've found so inspiring and, and really um, have helped me on my path. You know, learning it like I talked about, being the state, you know, daily meditation, constant exercise, you know, different consciousness exercises. But for me, um, the psychological scientific aspect was also very enlightening for me. You know, I, I particularly, um, Dr. Gabor Mate, uh, Dr. Nicole LaPera, uh, you know, John Sarno, you know, all, all medical professionals who also really helped me learn a lot about myself, about learning about the mind-body connection and the connection between, uh, between, you know, instead of talking about the pain body, you know, like Eckhart Tolle would talk about, which is, you know, the collection of chronic stress and, you know, chronic negative emotions. But instead, you know, talking about from a psychological aspect of talking about trauma and how that's connected to chronic stress and talking about how so many of those self-soothing, um, so self-soothing processes that we learned when we were young can be, can turn into self-destructive problems as we get older you know they really taught a lot about they're really excellent at learning about recognizing our conditioning and how those conditioning you know those learned patterns of self-soothing and, and emotional regulation are often the cause of a lot of our issues and just learning about you know how um how different because of those different traumas different things happen when we're young there are different you know, common, um, you know, I've, I've noticed that there are certain common ways that people with AS tend to compensate, you know, certain personality traits that people with AS tend to have. Um, and we've talked about this AS recovery challenge too, but is one thing I've, I've really seen in myself too is people from AF, AS often really struggle with feelings of being not good enough, you know, and they struggle with perfectionism of trying to be perfect and beating yourself up and being feeling very distraught at not being an unattainable perfect you know at trying at, at focusing a lot on people pleasing on trying to get others approval and sacrificing our own needs and emotions to try to please other people and how really that that fits in with that chronic stress and it can be connected to autoimmune diseases and how you know, and I've, I've really seen that even in my work too, when I worked as a paralegal, I worked with social services and I learned a lot about the ACEs study during that time period. And I had never heard of it before. And just learning how, you know, all I've read so many case reports, so many case studies of kids who've gone through various different types and degrees of trauma and seeing how that's directly correlated, you know, not only with things that I would expect, you know, emotional issues, you know, addiction issues, um, you know, things like things of that nature, but also it's also highly correlated with physical issues, autoimmune diseases, diabetes, you know, those who, the, that, you know, following all of these thousands of children, those who had more adverse childhood experiences, which is what an ACEs is, and at the higher your adverse childhood experience score is, the more adverse childhood experiences you've experienced, the more highly correlated you are to have an autoimmune disease, to have early onset cancer, you know, to have, you know, a whole host of issues. So, you know, really there's, you know, 
there's a scientific basis and approach that you can take this as well both and to me it's it's very instructive both looking at this from uh spiritual health and spiritual practice approach as well as looking at it from a psychological standpoint you know from looking at it and recognizing those patterns that we may have from events that happen to us when we were children and again it comes down to awareness like you're we talking about being aware of those patterns so that when we can see those patterns starting to happen starting to happen or we see ourselves starting to go down that road we can circumvent it you know we can choose to make a different decision and that that's that's really where where I talked about psychological growth, that's how psychological growth occurs, is when you find yourself in the position where in the past, you've always repeated the same subconscious pattern. You've always followed the same pattern. Whenever you're under a whole bunch of stress, when all, whenever you find yourself, you're feeling in danger, you, know, you, you recognize that in the past, you've always followed the same pattern, but now you can be aware of it and you can choose to make a different decision. Wow. Um, can we just uh, backtrack and, and go over exactly how you were exposed again to all the thousands of different ACEs studies just because of the work you do? What, what exactly is that again? Well, the, well describing um, how I was exposed to ACE, the ACEs study initially was that um, you know, I, I worked in Terry General's office as a paralegal. And uh, you worked in what which office, sir? The Attorney General's office. The as, Attorney as General president. of the state of Washington. Yes. You worked in that office, okay, as a paralegal. Yeah, yeah. I continue to work in that office now, but as a public records officer. But um, but one of my first one of my first assignments was working with the juvenile department that involves. Uh, you know, it involves children, you know, and a lot of cases involving abused children, uh, children who are in difficult situations, children who are being taken away from their parents because of, because of various abuses and things like that. And as part, and, and part of my responsibility was setting up the trial, you know, for these, these trials to find out, you know, what would happen with the kids or find plans for the, the parents to be able to restore uh, custody. And one of the things that I would have to do would be to set up expert witnesses. And, and some of the expert witnesses we say would be various child psychologists. And the child psychologists would, uh, would cite the ACEs study in their testimony of why children needed to be removed sooner rather than later from abusive situations and to get to, to healthy environments because of the study demonstrates that the more adverse childhood experiences that the child experiences, the more likely they would have these adverse child these adverse outcomes. And uh, and and I'd have to say, you know, I read so many different files of different kids, and uh, you know, the, it certainly seems to prove itself out. Um, you know, and uh, would you would you see later studies of these kids when they were older? Uh, well, the ACE the ACEs study the ACEs study was the um, you know, studied the kids over an extended time period. But, um, you know, I also have had to handle cases at Attorney General's office involving mental health cases. Um, you know, people who committed crimes who were found incompetent because of mental health. And I couldn't help but notice a lot of the uh, similarities in the stories 
of, of some of these mentally ill folks who had come from some of these backgrounds as children. Similar backgrounds. Yeah. Right. So that became very clear and, and further, further informed, I guess, what, what, what did it, what did it inform? What did, what was the big takeaway? I mean, it's obvious, but let's just hear. Well, the other, the other aspect that I, I would add on to that is also reading those case studies, you'd see how it would often follow generations. You know, that was the other really eye-opening thing was that you'd see that perhaps the parent who was, who was finding themselves possibly having their, you know, children taken away, whereas themselves a part of domestic situations when they were kids that they had suffered from abuse and just seeing that is a pattern that played out over and over again and just but for me just it was the real aha motion was a uh, moment was just that connection just acknowledging that connection between emotional distress between trauma between you know difficult life events and difficult emotional states and chronic diseases i mean that was that was just the the biggest aha for me that that you know that there is a definite connection between mental health and physical health wow yeah that's a that's a unique uh front front row view or close to front row front row view um so We're coming to exercise and nutrition, but I, I just don't want to leave anything out. There's so much, there's so much uh, in everything you have said. Um, I just want to go back just a little bit. From the recovery challenge of your daily practices, we'll get into exercise and nutrition after, but would you say we've covered what it is you did to feel better what you what you did on a daily basis you woke up let, let me let's just tell <laughs> tell me what you did on a daily basis sure sure yeah from, we have the recovery get, challenge yeah because i don't know we've talked about that specifically i mean i definitely started having a, a, a daily meditation practice you know when I, when would you meditate sorry excuse me um Generally, uh, generally, as soon as I wake up in the morning, after I wake up and take out the dog and make coffee and all that good stuff. But uh, but yeah, I would sit uh, sit and meditate, and I you know experiments with different types of uh, different types of meditation. But you know, both you know started with with guided meditation, and then you know eventually moved more to um, just silent mindful meditation. Um, but generally, I. Um, start with meditation although i would start even before that you know there's a technique we learned from peter with the ims you know talking about uh, focusing on our positive aspects you know and and focusing on that when we wake up right because it's so easy to get in the habit of waking up in the morning and like looking for your pain or thinking about what you've got to do for the day and you know okay but but really starting the day in just like the most positive way for you know i you know for me i have a gratitude practice is really important for me like I, I just think about all that i'm grateful for you know uh, everything that you know i'm grateful for my life my house my job and my family and and everything that's going right in my life that i'm focusing on you know it's, it's 
so I start my day with with gratitude. When when you when you think when you think about these things, is it um, like are you are, are you are you are you saying like I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for that, or are you just thinking about what you're grateful for? You know, I'm generally saying it out loud, especially in the beginning, you know, most, most of the time, you know, I, I'm, you know, saying, you know, I am, you know, I am grateful for, you know, different things, but also that I'm blessed, you know, that I'm strong, that I'm healthy, you know, all the things that, that I am appreciating about the day. And it's not just the most important thing is that it's not just a rote exercise. You know, it's not just saying it, you know, like, oh, I'm happy for, you know, you know I mean, it's really feeling it. You know, it's really, it's, it's, it's all about that state of being. It's all about that emotional hygiene, you know, feeling gratitude, feeling what there's to be joyful about the day and starting a day and then sitting and then, I, and then I'll sit in emotion, I'll sit in meditation and just sit and focusing and, and just feeling love and feeling gratitude and focusing on, on my breath and sending love and gratitude out into, out into the world. And then I usually do uh, an ex short exercise exercise routine, um, you know, either some cardio or some weights and have my healthy breakfast and go about the day. <laughs> wow. How long are you exercising? You know, it depends. It, it depends on the day and on the time. You know, I try to kind of go with the flow, but I try to... I. Well, I, I do always have, uh, I lift weights at least a couple times a week. Usually that takes everywhere for, you know, half hour to an, to an hour of going to the cycle of weights. And I, you know, I, um, you know, will uh, go on my exercise bike, usually anywhere from like half hour to 45 minutes. Like when I've got a break during the day, you know, from work, if I've got some time between meetings like, like that, I've got a, a flexible schedule, which is nice. It helps out a, a lot. But, um, you know, or like it, when I'm working in the office, you know, I, I'll, I generally go for a half hour walk at lunch, you know, things like that. But not, you know, not extremely strenuous, not as, as strenuous as it, as it has been in the past when I was working on losing weight, things like that. Right. Before, uh, before pre- uh, what do you call it? Pre uh, uh, recovery challenge, um, when you were managing symptoms on your own, you'd say that you were working out a lot more religiously, a lot harder than you are now. You're a little bit more loose with it. Uh, you're not stressing over it. You're not worrying about not working out. I am I right? Or right? I think that's the really big change in perspective. You know, when it comes to both exercising and, and nutrition, you know, was that instead of, like I said before, it felt like it was something a lot to manage or it was like a fragile state. So like, you know, if I was, could manage it, if I was exercising as hard as I could and keeping my diet as clean as I, as, as clean as I possibly could, you know, but now I, I don't look at it that way. I don't see it as a struggle, you know, and it's, it's really just been a different change in perspective. You know, particularly when it comes to diet too, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's just, I, I enjoy eating good food because it makes me feel good. It's the same thing with exercising. It's all about doing what feels good on a daily basis. You know, when I eat good food, I feel good. When I exercise, when I exercise, I feel good. So, you know, I, I do what, what feels good on a daily basis. Yeah. You know? 
but but at the same time because my health and wellness is not dependent on a strict educate a strict exercise and diet schedule i don't have to worry you know if i go out and have a beer and a burger with a friend you know i don't have to i don't have to worry about being in distress for days afterwards and i think like that you know i'm sure if i ate you know obviously if i eat nothing but fast food i'm going to feel crummy and my health is not going to be good right you know eventually but at the same time my state of health is good enough the way it is real basis that you know i can go out and have a burger and a beer from time to time and it's it's not a big deal and i don't have to to stress about like oh no you know my as and crohn's is going to come back or you know it's and it's it's freeing you know it's 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 freeing to just enjoy being in a state of health every day and feeling that like i'm struggling and striving to get there or or, or to stay there wow 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 uh, in terms of the the I am practice, um, would you, are you are you doing that all day long? Or did you do it all day long in the beginning? Uh, do you think it's wise to talk about this uh, now? Or no, I, no, no problem. I mean, I you know I, I'd say that I definitely when I was in the uh, recovery challenge, I did it you know religiously like every day, uh, maybe like a couple times in a day, you know. You know, like we talked about just focusing on the positive aspects of yourself and trying to do that to raise your emotional state um you know i still do it every every morning you know i still definitely do my my i ams um at least some but i definitely don't think it's as extended of a practice and and my i ams change you know over, over time but um but generally it's just yeah, it's, it's I usually say it's just a good way to start the day and to and to end the day of just reminding myself of you know everything that ha I have positive to look forward to in a day and and being grateful for everything that happened in the day. Mm -hmm. Just that uh, emotional hygiene <laughs> I was talking right. about. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a I think it's an important thing to kind of uh, mention uh, just because like I I have talked to some folks who have. You know they have uh, um, they have an opinion, an opinion of uh, of uh, affirmation of an I am statement uh, of it being like covering up or sort of uh, yeah putting on a band aid, uh, not really addressing the cause, and so I. What, what what are your thoughts on that? What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah I think How is I think different. I think you had exactly, and I struggled with this a little bit in the beginning at at first. I think it's it's important. It's definitely important to note that there is definitely something to be concerned about that a bad habit one could get into using affirmations which is which is uh, a criticism of many spiritual practices which is a spiritual bypassing right so that like if you're going through a difficult time if you're going through things just just you know trying to cover it with like no i'm grateful you know i'm i'm, I'm happy i'm sorry i'm not painted but you know and and that absolutely is not going to be beneficial the thing is is that you can't a big part of the emotional of, of the issues and at least as is emotional suppression so if you're using if you're using affirmations spirituality to suppress your emotions 
then you're, you're still going to have issues. You know, you still have to acknowledge if you're feeling, if you're, if, if you're feeling really worried, if you're feeling really scared, you can't, you know, just cover it up with positive affirmations. You have to sit with it. You know, it's important to acknowledge those feelings and to feel those feelings, but not to let them take over you and to take off with it, you know, you know, pretending that you're not angry or, you know, saying that you're not angry when you are angry is only going to cause conflict. That's just another form of resistance. And that's one of the things that Peter talks about a lot too, is just the importance of not resisting, you know, of acceptance, right? And sometimes you have to accept the fact that you're feeling angry or you're feeling stressed or you're feeling, you know, and you have to, to sit with it. You know, you can't fight it, you can't cover it up, you can't push it down. But eventually, if you sit with it long enough, it lifts. And it's like I talked about, about and then you can return to that state, that mean state, you know. But but I, I do 100% agree that, you know, while it's, it's definitely important to break the habit of chronic negative thinking, you know, but that doesn't mean that, the only way to help be healthy feel is to banish all negative thoughts or stressful thoughts or things like that. That's a part of life. That's a part of what comes up. And it's the same thing. You can't beat yourself up, you know, if 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 you know you're not feeling in a perfect state of gratitude and love and peace every day. You know, it's it's you know, it's uh, it's not not black and white, you know. Everyone has to go through periods of stress and everyone's going to feel negative emotions, feel, feel times that they're angry, feel times that they're worried, things like that. But it's like how, but it's all about how do you deal with those states? What's the, how can you positively manage through them and get yourself back to a state of peace and be able to address what it is that's bothering you? Wow. Uh, so, uh, you are, were able to do and are able to do all this um and you would say you're not a monk am i correct you're not <laughs> you haven't become enlightened you're not the buddha uh however uh something has shifted and it's enough i am so much happier now as well as 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 well as much healthier now and it's and it's really been really positive like i said for my my whole family i mean i really feel like it's it's been good for my relationship with my wife and my son and um and yeah i i work full-time and for much of the time i was going through these last three years i was working full-time and homeschooling my son and uh, you know and uh you know working really late nights because i'd have to flex the time you know to be able to to take care of him so you know it's definitely uh it was a lot but at the same time, you know, learning, following these practices and doing this also made it easier to handle all everything else that I had to do. You know, wow. you know, it's, I, I'm very grateful of having the opportunity during the coronavirus of, you know, working from home and having, you know, a home gym and having things like that available that, that made it easier for, for me to follow it. Certainly, you know, but, um, but it is possible. You can, you know, work full time and have a family and make 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 a difference. You know, it you can't do it all at once. You know, you have to do it one one step at a time. 
but you know anything you could do to you know work towards build, building those positive habits you know they tend to be self-reinforcing just like negative habits are you know the more you feel good the more you want to do to feel good and you can't expect yourself to go you know at the, at the drop of the hat you know start working out all the time and having great nutrition and meditating you know you're doing all these things all, all at once you got to give yourself some grace you know you got to you know give yourself the ability to do your best every day and accept that when you've done your best that that's enough Wow. Well put. Well put, Matt. I, th I think it's so important. And so, uh, yeah, so important that you're here and saying all this because you are a dad and a husband and a man that works full time. And all those things could be said uh, would be major obstacles. Uh, however, you have made it work. And these skills and processes, like you said, have only just made all that uh, easier or more available to you. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, for the longest time, uh, you know, I, I before say um, taking on these mind-body uh, approaches, I believed that uh, I could never be a dad, you know, never could be a father, or you know, because it would be too much work or too much stress or uh, I needed to just focus on myself. So, you know, just everyone, anyone's out there listening, Matt has done it <laughs> and he's doing it on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, we covered uh, exercise and nutrition. I'm glad we did. Um, so uh, well, just to be clear, are you following a no, no starch diet? Is that, and if you are, why are you uh, just to be clear? No, no. I mean, I, I do generally, I, I find, you know, as someone who's been very heavy, you know, a couple, you know, a couple different times in my life, it's always really easy for me to gain weight, you know, and that's a big part of it. So I have found that a low carb diet in general does really help me manage my weight. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, religiously strict, you know, I'd say maybe more like 80, 20, you know, I, I'm the uh, person I, I do, you know, I'm, I'm the food guy for our family. You know, I do our grocery shopping and I do like a, a big cook up every weekend to like kind of prepare food for the week so that we can just heat it up and things like that. And I do try and I do the vast majority of food is, is, you know, unprocessed, you know, from fresh fruits and vegetables and unprocessed meat and, uh, and, you know, healthy, healthy food but at the same time you know on the weekends you know we could have uh have like a pizza or have you know it can have like a meal things like that and it's not it's not gonna you know cause me to go back into a state of uh, autoimmune disease or anything like that but it's still but eating healthy makes me feel good and i can tell the difference when i when i don't eat healthy and i've been very unhealthy and I've been very healthy, and I very much prefer the state of being healthy. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, I, I but I'm not very like I'm not super strict about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not like you're like oh, I get a little get a hamburger in me with a bun, and it's all over some rice, and it's the end of the game or whatever. It's uh, just that's right for you. And I, I just want to reiterate. Uh, if, you know, I, I've mentioned on other podcasts, I'm kind of the opposite. What happened to me is when I was really sick, I'd lose crap loads of weight. 
just like get emaciated basically like super super skinny and very very ill and so for me i have to eat tons of carbs to even maintain uh you know you know a reasonable weight <laughs> so just for listeners out there who might be going oh maybe he's feeling better because he's actually eating a low starch diet which he's not because he's loading up on the carbs when he feels like it. eating a whole pizza you say so or not a whole pizza but pizza <laughs> um yeah and me i i eat tons of carbs so i tons of it's yeah so i just want to kind of state that where we're coming from everybody's, um, everybody's different you know everybody's fine yeah what works for them, you know, even in the, you know, AS recovery challenge, I've seen or our mastermind group, I've seen so many people who've recovered and gotten better and not everyone follows exactly the same protocol or exactly the same thing. You have to find, find what works for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I also, if you've got time, I wouldn't mind just talking about your, um, if you're comfortable, your relationship with your partner, and uh, and I guess my question is like, why has it been helpful for you? Because you, I mean, you said that finding when you met her, it was like a positive thing, good thing. And it, I mean, it sounds like it has been. Uh, I'm, I don't know, but uh, just wondering, like, what has it? What what is that relationship? Why is it good for you, or is it good for you? <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it definitely has has been good for me. I mean, it was, um, you know, just having a, having another person who's supportive, and we're very very much alike in in a lot of ways, and we have a a lot of uh, positive uh, you know experiences together. We both enjoy laughing a lot together and things like that, and it's is very you know is is very much a positive influence on my life. You know, and, and the support of my wife means a, a lot to me. You know, we're definitely partners in our household together. But we've also been together for, you know, we've been married for 12 years now and, uh, and, and together for, for longer than that. And, um, you know, different stresses come up, things happen. And, and uh, you know, we'd been through some tough times. And when I was going through the AS Recovery Challenge and learning about the pain body and started meditating, and I, I really discovered that I was holding some resentments you know, I, I was, I was, I had some deep seated resentments that I was holding towards her and that I was feeling stressful. Um, you had some stressful interactions with her and that there were some ways that we had some patterns we had developed that weren't healthy, you know? And I, but I, by learning to recognize those, I could change my participation in those patterns, you know, that I could no longer engage in nitpicking or engaging in different negative ways that I would like let her know I was disappointed with her or disapproving with her or, you know, different arguments we had that never had a resolution, you know? And I just, I recognized I was going on and I, you know, recognized that it wasn't serving me and it wasn't serving my health and I let it go, you know? And, uh, and I've also, talked a lot with her. I mean, we're, we're close and, and I have shared with her, you know, my experience throughout this, you know, and, and the different stages of growth that I've come on and she's, you know, and she at different points has, has, you know, tried to try some of the techniques herself or has had a lot of interest also 
in the mind body healing and in a lot of the psychological growth that that i've had because she also has a lot of parallels in, in her own life but it's just it's just, just really helped us to communicate better you know to you know it's helped us to communicate to cut through some of those old tensions and resentments and things you know it's not perfect you know it's, it's not like we we never we never disagree you know but we have ways of talking through it and of you know being on the same level and treating each other as coming from a place of good faith you know rather than um you know constantly having a chip on your shoulder about the other person or you know holding blame against against the other person and it's it's just it's it's really and and in general i think it probably helps that i'm i'm uh, i'm probably a bit uh more pleasant to be around these days i'm in a lot a lot better mood in in general <laughs> wow that's amazing and uh, you have a son is that correct yeah i have a, a 10 year old son um and uh yeah he uh was only in kindergarten at the beginning of the coronavirus he went for one semester and then uh i uh, was was his homeschool teacher for three years um, my wife was able to get a job with some flexibility help me out for the, the last year of that as, as as well um but uh yeah and i worked to lead by example with him too and try to work work to teach him about how important it is about you know being being positive and things like that and how to help help him through when he's when he's struggling but i feel like both my being in a better place and my wife and I being in a better place has also really helped him too. It's it's really been really great for a whole family unit. Wow. Okay. Incredible. Incredible. Um, are you uh, are you open to uh, people getting in touch with you if if they've really found this conversation helpful and you specifically seem to be someone who they kind of not identify with but uh, similarities are you open to that and be honest if you're not let it let us know and you know we'll leave you alone <laughs> no absolutely absolutely i'd be happy to provide my contact information if, if there's anything that anybody has any questions about you know if there's anything that that i could answer about my experience because that's really all i can speak to is my own experience and what what uh throughout this whole process, how it's been for me. And if there's anything I could provide to help point people in a direction that might help them on their own path uh, of, of uh, healing and getting better and lessening their pain. And that's that's you know why I came on here is just to help people know, you know, it's when you, I know how it is and you're doing research and you're looking online and everything like that, it's so easy to get discouraged and to seem like there's so little hope you know, that you can get out of that pain and get out of that dark place that you're in, but it really is possible. It, it really is possible. Wow. Okay. That's, I, I guess I was going to ask if there was anything else you wanted to say to listeners, if there was someone listening, but uh, you kind of said that. Was there anything else, someone's listening out there, anything further you want to say to them? Uh, I'd say, give up give up i uh, don't <laughs> i just say don't give up hope and uh keep trying and, and keep keep uh seeking out inspiration you know for people here on this podcast um for me like the authors that i had listed there's so much 
that's happening right now. There's so much more that we're learning about physical health, about psychological health, you know, about spiritual growth. That it's an exciting time to be alive. No, it certainly is. Um, and uh, if anyone would like to get a hold of me as well, I'm, I'm here to speak with with anyone about the same kind of thing and help help out in any way I can. Uh, oh yeah, one last thing's really important. What uh, what medications are you currently taking? I'm not taking any medications. <laughs> uh, what about for what about for Crohn's? Are you taking anything for Crohn's? None, none whatsoever. Oh. And how much pain are you in right these days? And how much uh, uh, gastrointestinal difficulties do you experience? Um, you know, I, I still, you know, I still have like some stiffness, you know, in my hips and shoulders. I don't deal with much, much pain, but I'll still, you know, have have some stiffness. And you know, generally, exercise helps to to loosen that out and digestive i'm really i'm actually really doing great i mean if i i love spicy food and if i eat too much spicy <laughs> food you know the digestive stress is definitely there but um not not like a person with crohn's <laughs> right right just normal normal kind of stuff normal 45 year old guy can't you know can't eat super spicy food and fast food all the time, but right. yeah. But uh, other than that, I, I feel great. That's incredible. That's incredible. No medication, feeling great. Yeah, I mean, what? It's pretty normal for a forty-five-year-old male to sometimes feel a little bit stiff here and there. <laughs> uh, it's very, very normal thing. So, uh, I mean, that's that's the main thing. You're you're normal, dude, and and. And, and doing great so and happier than you've than you've been so uh, life is good. what's that said so life is good yeah it certainly <laughs> is no I'm so happy for you Matt I'm so excited and happy for you it has been a, a great podcast uh really great episode uh speaking with you uh, I'm glad we went through all the past and took the time to go through all that uh, I'm sure we could we could speak a greater detail uh, about about the healing process. Perhaps we could do that at some point. Perhaps we'll see. If you, I'd up. love to stay in contact, Michael. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, well, stay on the line, Matt. I'm just going to stop the recording, and I wish everybody a, a beautiful, beautiful day, and and uh, and um, great to uh, great to be with you, Matt. You too, Michael. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to subscribe to the show, or if you'd like, write a review. Let me know what you think. The text and audio files contained in this program are for information use only. It is not meant to treat, cure, diagnose any medical health condition you may or may not have. For medical advice and treatment, please speak to a medical health professional.